through Boy Meets World. Welcome to the Christmas edition of TGIF. Oh boy, a Nurgle doll. I love Steve Urkel. And welcome back to Dad's Meet World. I am your hostess with Moses. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a hostess, apparently, in my own home. <laughs> that was horrible, but I'm going to go with it. Own home and own podcast. <laughs> That's right. I am one of your two hosts uh, on Dads Meet World. One of the two dads who are here to <laughs> take you through this wonderful, wonderful world of 1990s nostalgia where... This week on Boy Meets World, in a very special episode, we encounter our first Christmas episode. So I am your dad number one this week, Brett, and on the mic beside me is dad number two this week. I am the Pooper Scooper, Tyler. Okay, Pooper Scooper it is. <laughs> I'm the hostess with the mostess, and we got the Pooper Scooper. All right, yeah. Well, it's a traditional thing for shows to have like a horse or some sort of majestic moment between two characters. Not this season, of course, but, you know, someone's got to take care of the deuces. <laughs> Very true. So that would make you the deucer. <laughs> deucer with the moosters? I think we need to stop that joke. <laughs> so, Tyler, clearly we are not recording the Christmas episode in December. Uh, peek behind the curtain. It is currently September. The calendar page is about to turn to October as we record. But, Tyler, how is your uh, fall going? Uh, fall's going good. Uh, if I am to project, uh, let's just say I'm pretending... We are in mid-December right now. I mean, this episode will be coming out roughly, like, right before the winter season, right around, like, November, I think. Uh, so I'm just assuming everything's going great, you know? We got the Christmas shopping already done, and, you know, we got no worries whatsoever. And, hey, I even finished more projects at the house. Everything's good. <laughs> So it's like a Hallmark movie, right? right? Exactly. I will say real quick before I forget to do anything else, the date in which this should be dropping will be around my wife's uh, birthday. She is turning, I think, uh, 29. And so I just want to give a big shout out to her and uh, tell her that I love her. Happy birthday. And thank you for putting up with me in this podcast. There we yeah. go. That's the right sound. <laughs> I don't normally use that soundboard, so... It's either going to come out the week before or the week after. I can't fully remember, but I'm just going to take take the shot now and say happy birthday, because I'm going to get a lot meaner throughout this episode. I already know it in my gut. <laughs> so I figured, have a happy moment. You have been warned. Yes, yeah, this is, this is going to be a fun one for me. <laughs> All right, so buckle, batten down the hatches and buckle in, dear listeners. Yes. <laughs> What a way to start the Christmas season. Brett, how's your fall slash Christmas slash uh, whatever you're projecting into the future going? <laughs> well, uh, my fall is good. Um, you know, the trees are losing their life and uh, reminding us that life is fleeting and we are here for but a mere moment of eternity and death is only around the corner. And... Uh, <laughs> Christmas is, is good. I, I do love the Christmas season. We've been uh, sl uh, slightly increasing our Christmas decorations every year. Not quite up to Tim Taylor levels yet, but uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. So we'll be adding some new stuff this year. The kids are old enough that they like to really help put stuff up. We joke right now, but there's no way that they're not already, as we're recording, getting Christmas stuff in stores and plans to move out Halloween stuff, put in the Christmas stuff before Halloween even hits. Okay, let me get on my soapbox <laughs> for just one moment. My wife and I took, uh, Kelly and I took a little weekend trip, went to uh, you know just Southern Ohio, Hawking Hills area. 
if you haven't been there, beautiful area. Lots of lots of nature. Did some hiking. Stopped at a, a restaurant on the way back. Wherever you're listening from, you may or may not have them uh, in your area, but we stopped at Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel, yep, yep, yep. Cracker Barrel, very, very famous for that come uh, eat at our restaurant, down home country eats with a gift shop with lots of uh, country type craft stuff. We were there, I don't know, the day after fall officially hit on the calendar. Mm hmm maybe two days after, and I could barely find any Halloween or fall-themed stuff, and the gift shop was two-thirds Christmas gear. Yep. I walk through Target and Walmart and places now, the big box stores. It's all Christmas stuff. We're not even into October yet. I love Halloween. I love fall. It is my favorite season of the year. My birthday's in fall, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sitting here as I record. I'm looking at my Michael Myers mask <laughs> over on the other side of the uh, other side of my office. Oh there, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part of my costume, dude. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's fun. Last year, I had some little kids run up to me and said, "Hey, we watch your movies." <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was really him. Um, don't know why they're letting like seven and eight year olds watch Halloween movies, but oh, I digress. But like, I, why do we feel this need to jump to the next season? I mean, I'm all for getting ready early and being prepared, but that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it, it feels like every single year we are literally just another week closer, another week closer, and pretty soon it's going to be that in summer the moment back to school is done immediately school or uh, immediately you know christmas stuff will be up ready to go yeah well let's dive right into a christmas <laughs> let's episode. get into some christmas episode <laughs> <laughs> this is the 10th episode of the first season of boy meets world santa's little helper not to be confused with the dog on the simpsons uh, Sean's dad gets laid off right around Christmas, so Corey vows to get Sean a present for Christmas this year. Santa Claus has a heart attack when Morgan sits on his lap, traumatizing her. Now, for any young viewers, young listeners uh, listening in that synopsis, that's not the real Santa Claus. That's just one of his assistants at the mall. Uh, this episode was written by Susan Estelle Jansen, directed by David Trainer. originally aired on December 10th, 1993, currently holds an 8.2 IMDb rating, and in a 2010 article in the Huffington Post, Santa's Little Helper was listed as one of TV's top Christmas-themed episodes of all time. Hmm. The episode is considered a cult classic. Interesting. Yes. Yes, I I do want to second real quick that, uh, you know, all of the mall Santas, they are big Santa helpers, and they will let Santa know what all the kids want. So trust me, you know, mall Santas, they're really good people, (laughs) and they really want you to know that you need to be good, and uh, they'll make sure that Santa knows what you want. That's right. They're on his payroll. Mm-hmm. So it's the Christmas episode. <laughs> oh, we should have some jingle bells playing. I do need some. I can add them in post. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Mr. Feeney, we open in classroom. Mr. Feeney is reading a Christmas carol. Yes. And of course, Sean and Coy are making faces at each other and they're ignoring him. Wait a minute. That's not the end. Where's the Grinch? Yeah. Isn't the Grinch supposed to show up now and, like, take everything? (laughs) How come it's called a Christmas Carol anyway? Yeah, there was nobody in this story named Carol. Clearly, Sean and Corey do not get Charles Dickens when it comes to a Christmas Carol. Uh, No. (laughs) What was your earliest experience with a Christmas Carol, Tyler? Ooh. Well, I have... So there's two Christmas Carol movies that I traditionally watch, slash, as a kid, I know I watched them both. 
they both terrified me, but I loved them still nonetheless. And so the first one would be A Muppet's Christmas Carol, um, which mm-hmm. as I watch as an adult, I appreciate so much more every time I watch it. And because uh, for some other reason, the Marley Marley song like really terrified me as a kid. Like <laughs> it really messed me up. The ghost girl didn't mess me up or the big giant black, you know, monster being. <laughs> but the Marley and Marley guys, they scared me. Who I don't get it. The second one would be Scrooged with Bill Murray. Uh, Bill Murray. It is, it is a classic in the Volk household. We have to watch it every year and every year. You know, it's just it's just beautiful. <laughs> And I think my first real uh, brush with Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol was uh, Disney's adaptation in uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that uh, that's one that I've passed on to my children. But uh, Muppet Christmas Carol was pretty high up on that list, too. That was an early one mm-hmm. as well. I've got a good friend who... Uh, who uh, that's that's one of his regulars he pulls out every year as well. Mm-hmm. So just a couple of notes for you real quick. Uh, because I... I had an inkling uh, when he was reading Charles Dickens that I'm like, I think I've heard Feeney talk about Charles Dickens before in The Christmas Carol. And so I watched the Christmas episode from the fifth season. And sure enough, that's the same book that he reads every single year to the Matthews. They don't ask him to do it. He just does it. So then it, <laughs> it, it ponders me of like, so did Feeney start this after this year and so it's just been a you know yearly tradition ever since he was in seventh grade why would he do that i don't understand but who cares i wondered the same thing (laughs) i really did so that's a that'll be a fan theory for another day yeah like uh three four seasons from now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I have a little bit about Charles Dickens and Christmas Carol, if you're okay with that. A little deep dive right off the bat. Oh, please do. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? So Charles Dickens, famous writer, uh, born in February 7th. Uh, 1812, uh, famous year of war, as you know, passed away Mm -hmm. in June 9th, 1870. He wrote several classic stories, you know, set in the Victorian uh, London area and was considered a literary genius. Uh, He's written many classic books. I had them all written down, but I'm not going to read them all. One of them was (laughs) Oliver Twist, Tale of Two Cities, many, many others. He also wrote 15 novels. Yeah, 15 novels and over 100 short stories. And he spent uh, 20 years editing a weekly journal. So he was really busy and really prolific. Big deal. And this is, I think, a reason why Feeney loves him, respects him, and wants to make sure people know about him. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty big. Yeah, big dude. Yeah, but think about how many how many Christmas Carol movies are there? Like, so many. <laughs> Did you do a deep dive and at least get a number? I did not. But again, (laughs) we have more time. There's other Christmas episodes we don't have the time for. There's other other things we got to deal with this episode. We got four seasons. (laughs) Anyway, Mr. Feeney is just kind of not having it. He wants Topanga to trade places with Corey. And so Topanga... I'm a hyperactive underachieving 11-year-old boy. Of course, Topanga does her Topanga thing. It's not quite what he wants. Uh, You know, trading places physically is much easier to do. And he wants to know what Corey thinks Dickens was trying to express. Does Corey understand the story? That's what he really wants (laughs) to know. That if you're a real butthead, the neat ghosts will take you to cool places. (laughs) I don't think Corey got it. (laughs) No, I wouldn't say so. Yeah. So then we go uh, straight to the theme song and we come back and Corey and Sean are in the cafeteria. Yes. And they're comparing their lunches. And there was this fun little riff on uh, fish sticks. Since when did your mom pack you lunch? I thought you liked fish sticks. I do, but I think it's cruel how the little fish scream when they rip their sticks off. So I have a little bit about fish sticks. So All you right. know, to my to my research, they they don't do that. 
It's all grounded up fish, so we don't have to worry about that. You you couldn't tell us how many movie renditions of A Christmas Carol there are, but you you double check to make sure they don't rip fish's sticks off. Listen, man, fish sticks. <laughs> all right. I feel like I've always felt like this is like some weird '90s things because some kids were always super into it. And I'm like, who who is into this? It's not me. I'm not the audience for this. I was. So I like may, fish sticks. maybe you'll know some of this then. So, uh, all right, hit me with it. Anyway, uh, fish sticks, also called fish fingers from Britain. That's what they're referred to as Brit, uh, fish fingers. Mm-hmm. They came about and was published in a British magazine in the 1900s and became a symbol of the United Kingdom. In 1953, Gordon Dew Fishery. As the first company to introduce a frozen uh, fish stick. So in 93, mm-hmm. that's when they started to rise in popularity because it was easy to just grab and go. Yep. Throw it in the microwave. Well, at that point, oven or toaster yes. oven, microwave. Nowadays, we throw them in the, uh, the air fryer. It's very healthy that way, you know, because it's mm-hmm. almost as much bread as it is fish meat. <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, they're comparing their fishes, and we get the first hint that uh, something might be off because Sean is uh, – he normally doesn't pack his lunch. Normally, he enjoys the fish sticks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Minkus comes and joins, and uh, their conversation turns to gifts and wool. Oh, no, it's a nerd swarm. That's <laughs> – that's really for when Topanga comes along, but uh, you sound like you've got some thoughts on wool gifts. Actually, I do, yes. So wool <laughs> uh, is a textile uh, phylor from sheep and other mammals, such as rabbits, goats, camels. Uh, wool fiber uh, have a scaly surface. It is thick, stiff fibers that do not uh, bend which all leads to and the itchiness and irritation. So when Corey is complaining about it throughout the whole episode, technically he's not wrong. Oh, no, he's not. Wool is not a comfortable fabric. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> if he kind of has slightly a right to complain, you know, because I think at the time it was always seen as like, hey, we give this thing, this gift of wool because it's good, because it'll keep you warm. And kids were like, this is itchy. I don't want to wear it. I hate this. <laughs> Yeah, we were pretty ungrateful in the 90s. Yeah, you still are. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and kids kids are pretty ungrateful now, too, so... Yeah. We all suck. <laughs> Every young generation sucks. Yeah, we all do. So, Topanga comes over, and she's uh, trying to educate the table, uh, Sean... Corey Minkus about the winter solstice, and she uh, has her own mini soapbox about the over commercialism of Christmas and how. And she's trying to stir at the heartstrings of Corey and Sean and just kind of redirect a little bit. And uh, I don't think it works. What do you think, Ty? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Topanga and, and Minkus leave. Corey and Sean do their traditional <laughs> laugh. And they decide to move into their uh, their Christmas tree update because this has become a thing for them to uh, try and one-up each other as to what is under their Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how you do things at your house, but my family did not really put gifts under the tree until Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's how we operate in my household. Oftentimes it's because we're wrapping gifts, uh, say, the day or two beforehand or the night of. (laughs) But when I was a kid, I remember, especially because we had three of us, my mom would try to get ahead of it and wrap as many as she could ahead of time uh, and would slowly put them around she still would have some that she would wrap but not put out just because she didn't want to put all of them out there but there was a sense of like say something that could be wool or socks or underwear you know she'd wrap those (laughs) things quick because you know we'd go shake them and then be like "Eh, it's this and then put it away i will admit 
one of the reasons that we don't put it out so quickly is because I got real good. And I mean dangerously good <laughs> at going and shaking. And I think I would need about five shakes and I'd be like, this is what this gift is. Because I just I got to a point where I just could tell how my mom would wrap this particular type of gift, you know, and so I'd be able to go, mm -hmm. oh, this is exactly what this is, kind of like what Corey had done, but just it took me lo a little longer to refine my skills, especially once I realized the things I actually wanted and would get, you know, <laughs> like as we'll go in, shake, like, oh, mm, sounds like more Legos. Or go shake them. I think this one's a DVD. <laughs> yeah, a big part of ours is um, a lot of the same thing. You know, my parents wouldn't really wrap a lot of them until the night before. Sometimes they were still shopping the night before. Mm -hmm. Guilty. You know, us kids, <laughs> if if we did shop, it wasn't until the night before. But there was one year they forgot about one of our Christmas gifts for all of us kids. It was a movie, and they found it in like March or April. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and so we've kind of kept the tradition alive for us now. And mm -hmm. Kylie and I stay up Christmas Eve. We throw on uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Classic, we wrap classic presents for the kids, and uh, yeah, you know they have this back and forth. Corey's expecting a real reg leather regulation basketball and wants to buy his gift a gift with a genuine imitation nylon net that's going to cost five whole dollars mm -hmm. that he's been saving up for for a month. Yep. Gosh. Now, now this, this was a legitimate savings for a month mm -hmm. in 1993. Yep. <laughs> I will say inflation has been good to some people because my son makes that roughly in a week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't get away with uh, offering a quarter to do a chore anymore. Or can I? Hmm. So anyway, I've got a, another little bit here. So uh, what's the update at your house? Me? Hey, Bob Stu checks Sport World, has to send over a truck with all the stuff my dad got me. He got me, like, everything. That's great. Yeah, my dad totally came through this year. Speaking of gifts, I believe you haven't yet tipped in your $5 for the class present to Mr. Feeney. Tomorrow. You said that yesterday. Come on, Sean. Don't think of it as $5 for Feeney's present. Think of it as five bucks to make Minkus go away. <laughs> look, look, Minkus, I just spent my last money on lunch, okay? I'll give it to you tomorrow. What, his mother charged him a packing fee? Minkus with some sass. Yeah, I... I th sometimes Minkus is too smart, but not in the way he needs to be smart. Mm -hmm. Like, he should know that Sean, regardless of what's going on, may not be as privileged as him. And he always points out how much more smarter than he is. But it's like... It feels like it's kind of a low blow. I mean, he already knows that he's at a lower station in life than he is. Yeah. And uh, what it was there was another exchange between the two of them um, where I think his retort to Sean was fix a sink or something like that. Mm -hmm. Hey, his career path is still a lot more plausible than Minkus's is. <laughs> yes, it was. But e either way, I mean, Minkus is really... I. I I referred to him as a knob a few episodes back, but he's really he, he's really earning that title here. Yeah. So we move from the cafeteria into the Matthews living room where Alan is having some problems with the lights. And I'm, I'm pausing here because I don't think we've really mentioned how much time is left before Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, at least not firmly i mean clearly it's close they're still in school so it's not right there right but alan is trying to get the lights to work on the tree and amy and morgan come in alan's not reading the signals to stop asking about santa and morgan runs upstairs screaming mm -hmm. well morgan was waiting in line to sit on santa's lap and she was kind of nervous and there was this elf who looked like a hitman only meaner what did santa scare her no no he was just this nice old man with the jolly red face you know looking back his face really was too red i mean i just thought he was overheated 
Velvet is a fabric that doesn't breathe. Amy, what happened? Well, okay, so Morgan climbs up on Santa's lap, and he asks her what she wants, and she says a Susie homemaker oven, and then he grabbed his chest, yelled, Rudolph, and fell over. <laughs> Are we talking eight reindeer pulling a pine box? No, no, I think he's all right. I mean, the, the hitman elf gave him CPR while Mrs. Claus called the paramedics. Alan, it isn't funny. Morgan thinks she killed Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell her that he's okay? Of course I did. I, I said he was just resting and he'd be fine. Well, maybe you can take her to visit him in the hospital. I really don't think it's going to help her to see Santa Claus with a tube stuck up his nose. <laughs> hey, what's with the weasel? She locked herself in the bathroom and she's singing, On the first day of Christmas, I murdered Santa Claus. <laughs> I'll go check on her. I would have reacted the same way Alan did. <laughs> yeah, just the way that the two of them interact in this moment just i feel like i've had that conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's just you have to laugh at this and you just find the humor in it because you just know that someone is upset and you got to figure out how to handle it <laughs> yeah and it's a very plausible subplot to have morgan would be visiting a santa claus the santa's helping at the mall not the best in shape all the time yep. very well could have had that type of an episode mm -hmm. and you know morgan would be scarred by yes <laughs> very much so well i'll ask you real quick because you mentioned about the alan struggling with the lights have you ever had like a christmas decoration that you're trying to get figured out trying to get figured out and it's just not going the way you want it to no yes every year <laughs> Uh, virtually every year. We, we had a pre-lit year one year that there was an entire section of the tree. It was three sections and one section, I think the entire middle section, would not light up anymore. Mm -hmm. So our pre-lit tree, we actually strung lights yep. on. Yep, we've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually had uh, last year. Somewhat, we had a little projector in our front yard that was project things on the side of the house. The first time we'd ever done that. About a weekend uh, having it out there, someone stole it in the middle of the night. Huh. Your neighborhood yeah. sounds dangerous. <laughs> I guess. So Corey comes in after uh, Amy's upstairs with Eric to check on Morgan, takes inventory out of the, uh, new presents under the tree. Alan is trying to get through to him, not being so successful at first. But eventually does get through to him. And Corey and Alan have a really great conversation about how Sean might have been exaggerating about his Christmas this year. And that's when uh, Alan lets Corey in on the fact that Sean's dad got laid off. Mm -hmm. And that Sean's apparently been a little too embarrassed to tell Corey. And uh, I find it really interesting because we see that Sean and Corey are friends. I mean, they're really good friends up to this point that we've seen we've never really heard much about alan and who we'll find out later is chet interacting up to this point and it stands to reason that you know your kids are friends you're at least gonna be friendly aware of who their parents are uh, for the most part anyway at least in 1993 you yeah. were <laughs> i i know there are kids my kids are friends with that i have no clue who their parents mm. are <laughs> But it's it's uh, the fact that Alan knows about Chet's Chet's work situation tells me that their families are a little closer than most school friends' families uh -huh. are. And it's in this moment that a Christmas Carol starts to connect with Corey, and he gets this idea to give uh, one of his presents to Sean and. You know, Alan thinks that's a great idea until Corey decides that, hey, maybe you can give one of Eric's presents to Sean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we move upstairs and Eric and Amy are trying to get Morgan out of the bathroom. And Eric, <laughs> Eric tries his own method. It, it, of, he does the big brother thing where you think he's going to be helpful and then he just makes he a said, joke. Ho, 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 oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that. 
Oh, yes. And he's really not helpful at all. (laughs) No. Until he bribes her with one of his shirts. They do eventually get her out of the bathroom. With more things. But that's skipping ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Um, I will tell you real quick. Morgan is singing very loudly. We wish you a Merry Christmas. (laughs) Do have some information about that. All right. Let us hear it. Okay. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? So, we wish you Merry Christmas. It's a traditional English Christmas carol. It's a part of the Round Folk Song Index, which is a database of over 250,000 songs. References to nearly 25 song collections from oral tradition in the English language from all over the world, compiled by Steve Round and a former librarian from Southern London. So it's a big deal. It is. And everyone knows at least the first verse. And I still to this day like to uh, throw in throughout a verse of we wish you weren't living with us. <laughs> We're not happy you're here <laughs> Very when nice. people have overstayed their welcome. Mm-hmm. And so we transition. Corey has brought Sean over, invited Sean over. So I just want to say real quick, it's interesting to me how Sean talks about Christmas because he doesn't give specifics. He doesn't give too many details. He just kind of just makes it sound like a lot's happening, even though it's not. And it's like he just he mm-hmm. doesn't want to make it sound like his dad isn't being all that he can be. Yeah, I get you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, with Corey bringing Sean over, he gives Sean this pres this present, and uh, kudos to Corey. He gives Sean the basketball, which I mean, Sean's very confused by all of this, and mm-hmm. it's not just any basketball; it's his genuine leather regulation basketball. Don't you love me? Sean senses something's off about Corey's gift. Yes. Uh, you know, it seems kind of out of the blue for him. They've never exchanged gifts, mm-hmm. and so he calls him on it. And Corey lets him know that he knows that he's not going to have the best Christmas, the biggest Christmas. He knows about his dad's job loss, and uh, they have a little blow up and he, uh, all, all during this altercation, Mr. Feeney kind of shows up in the background. He's kind of taking it all in. And uh, at the end of this blow up, you, you, I was struck by the line of, I didn't didn't want you to have a tiny Tim Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so clearly uh, a Christmas carol is still on his mind. And so I, I the end of this conversation, well, argument is uh, something I want to uh, really hover on for a moment here yep i want your basketball you'd rather have something for christmas and nothing at all i'd rather have nothing for christmas than your lousy charity hey sean christmas is about charity you should be thanking me boy where's this christmas spirit where's his gratitude i can name one sixth grader who wasn't paying attention to a christmas carol i can name one too mr matthews yeah sean Corey. <laughs> no, I'm Corey. You've been calling me Mr. Matthews for so long, you must have forgot. Believe me, I know who you are. I also know that a true gift is given with no expectation. What's that mean? It means you gave the gift to get the thanks. I gave the guy my official NBA genuine leather basketball, and he threw it back on my face. What kind of friend is that? You know what I like most about Christmas? I go away for a week. Yeah, that's pretty special. But it's the time of year that you can think back and appreciate the real gifts you received. I don't get it. Friendship, for example, is a real gift. And it's given with no expectation and no gratitude is necessary, not between real friends. You think about that. And so Mr. Feeney and Corey at their conversation over the fence got some real, real truth bomb that's dropped there. Yeah. Where 
Corey's gift is uh, the gift is good, but the motivation behind it wasn't uh, wasn't what it needed to be. You know, something that just popped into my head, just in, in the context of the whole Boy Meets World timeline. Mr. Feeney really does intervene and, and try to help Corey understand sometimes things from uh, Sean's perspective, but also for Sean, for Corey's perspective. And it really feels like he really wants these two to pull each other up and make each other better. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think about that until right this moment of like, you know, this is a legendary friendship, you know, and it's talked about quite often, you know, in 90s world of their friendship. But it's, it's not a perfect f- friendship. It's one they have to work on sometimes. They have misunderstandings and they have to talk about it. And they talk through these mm-hmm. things and they're not always nice to each other. But I, I just love what Feeney said to him of, you know, this is a real gift. Friendship is something that's given without, you know, anything expected back. You were looking for the thank you. Yeah, he really is invested in their relationship, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So we go to our act break and we come back and Amy is successfully bribed Morgan to come out of the bathroom. Yes. Before we get going too far, I want to backtrack for just a second. Because I <laughs> I still, I've not said this before, I want to say it again. I love the dynamic between uh, Amy and Eric. Because it's just this playfulness that they have with one another where Eric just kind of keeps pushing the line a little bit too much, you know, in his role as a big brother. And Amy, like, A, she wants to be mad at him, but what he's doing is so funny, so she can't help but laugh at it, you know? And there's there's a dynamic mm-hmm. when you're an older sibling and you have much younger siblings and or a sibling like I have. And it's just like this, there's a wink almost to how they're raising them compared to how they are raising you because you're right there with them helping them yeah so the elf shows oh up oh my gosh let <laughs> <laughs> forget about and this he he does look kind of like a hitman but a boom uh, <laughs> He was uh, mad at her. Uh, (laughs) I wrote down the mean elf was mad at Morgan after calling her a demon child. Yeah. (laughs) I also wrote down he was something. How did he know where to find Amy? Yeah. Did they like have to like fill out their information like home address and everything and phone number? I can tell you for sure. I went to many a mall Santa in the 90s. Uh, where pictures were taken. And even when you did pay for the pictures, they did not take a home address. But was so it unless, in Philadelphia? Unless someone because the- <laughs> clearly this mall requires it. It's their mall. <laughs> I, I don't think unless someone at the mall knows her, then because she paid with cash, not a check. Right. <laughs> if she paid with a check, the address would have been on there, but he handed her cash back. I mean, um, so, <laughs> Well, you know, when you think about it, like, people recognize someone that is at a store, consistently there, you know. Maybe there's a chance that people are aware of, oh, this is Alan Matthews' family. If it is slightly as close-knit of a community as they kind of want to make it seem to be, maybe they're really known in this weird part of Philly, which doesn't exist, whatever, we'll get there eventually. But, you know... Who knows? Maybe they're a little more well-known than what we realize. Maybe. So this elf is played by an actor by the name of Tom LeGras. Uh, G-R-U-A. Uh, 59 acting credits to his name. He made his rounds on the TGIF circuit. He had guest spots on Growing Pains, Step by Step, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, he had a long run on Caroline in the City. Ooh. I recognized him best as... Eddie from a handful of episodes in the last season of Home Improvement, one of Tim's buddies. Oh, interesting. Yeah. When they're working on his last hot rod. Oh. And the accent is not really fake. He is a born and bred Brooklynite. Makes sense. It seemed very straightforward. So (laughs) we had to listen to it. We had to watch it. So, dear listeners, you got to hear it, too. Coincidence? 
I don't think so. <laughs> now, Brett, a question for you. Mm-hmm. You have a couple of, of children at home who have gone and seen mall Santas. If an elf were to ever refer to them as a demon child, uh, how would you respond to that? Oh, probably very similar to Alan. Um, if it were a decade ago, I'd probably be a lot more fiery than Alan, mm-hmm. but uh, I've, I've mellowed in my age. <laughs> yeah... I, how, how would how would you rank on the uh, Alan Matthews response scale? Well, I think Alan Matthews handled it as good as he could because you would need to put a door in between me and that elf. That's that's how I feel. <laughs> it could just be because my son is just at such a younger age than your kids are right now. But I I would not respond mm-hmm. very very uh, let's say Christiany to that person. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah, the left hand would be uh, <sighs> at work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the elf gets the door slammed in his face, and we go to school the next day. Minkus is once again harassing Sean, and he really lays into him. If you don't give me five dollars right now, I'm not going to put your name on the card, and the entire sixth grade of Jefferson Elementary is going to know you're a deadbeat. Fine than I am, okay? Minkus, leave him alone. He doesn't have the money. He doesn't? No. Oh, that puts me in an awkward position. I can't put his name on the card if he doesn't give me the money. Rules are rules. I'm the class treasurer, an elected official. They can subpoena my diaries. A couple of weeks ago, Sean lent me five bucks, and I never paid him back. That's why he doesn't have the money. Oh, so you're the deadbeat. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've got it now, so here it is. Just uh, make sure you put Sean's name on the card, okay? Don't worry. His name, however, will have to be last, since he was the last one to pay. Gee, Minkus, I wonder whose name's first on the list. Does it rhyme with Stinkus? I had to keep Corey's little dig in there because Minkus is... There's there's Rude, there's Knob, and there's just flat-out jerk here. Because Minkus, we've already established, Minkus knows that Sean is from a different class than he is when it comes to finances and family uh, financial status. Someone as smart as Minkus should be able to pick up that Sean does not have the money be, uh, with his uh, much as he's been avoiding mm-hmm. him. And he's just digging and to threaten that the entire sixth grade is going to know he's a deadbeat because he's not forking over $5 for what will be honestly one of the worst gifts he could give Thank to you. Mr. Thank Feeney. you. I've, I've had this, this feeling... I don't know why, just the last time we were watching it, I'm like, what is this gift? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you figure there's, what, 25 or so kids in the class? Yeah. You've you've got 100 and... If everyone's given 25 bucks, or everyone... Yeah, everyone's given 25. Everyone's given five bucks. You've got 25 students. You've got $125, and -hmm. you bought... Spoiler alert, you bought... A dictionary. Yeah. Since we're there, let's just get into this real quick. I uh, just was looking up real quick. Hey, what are some things that teachers have said are good gifts, bad gifts? So some bad <laughs> gifts would include like mugs, keychains, because teachers get so many of those and eventually they run out of places to put them. There's only so many mm-hmm. best teacher mugs that they can get. Plants, flowers, because it's something they have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Home cooked food, because... They don't really know what's in there. They could tell them what's in there, but unless they trust the person, they really don't want to have it because they don't know what <laughs> went into it. Bath supplies apparently is pretty awkward for them because you know something that their one of their kids got them, <laughs> and then jewelry, makeup, clothes, anything like that. Bad gifts. Things that they want though. Message of gratitude. So like a card. So 
I'd argue, mm-hmm. and we're going to get there, but when Mr. Feeney reads the card and sees all of his students on there, that's the gift. Yes. All he wants to know is that his students appreciate him. The dictionary is one thing. I'm sure he's happy he has another thing, but... You know, it's truly the fact that he sees all his kids' names on there, that all of them put in for this. That's the gift. (laughs) You know, but vouchers, things like gift cards or like a collective gift card that they do all together, that's a big thing. Apparently, some teachers like when kids give them wine or alcohol. That's kind of weird. I wouldn't do that ever. But hey, that's what some (laughs) people said. Uh, Chocolates and then school supplies. I will say I did reach out to a specific teacher friend of mine. Okay, so the best gifts are like gift card to dinner out, small coffee or gift card to a store to get something for myself. The most common is candles, body lotion. None really annoy me necessarily, but I do enjoy getting gift cards that I can spend on something for myself. Mm-hmm. So, and my wife goes, oh, you're going to anonymously be on the Dad's Meat World podcast. It's like, <laughs> shh, she doesn't need to know. But yes. Good way to blow the cover. Come exactly. on. Like, can't these people just have a surprise? Like... A couple of weeks down the road. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, teachers appreciate gifts, gifts that have some thought into it or something that they can use on themselves, you know, to help relax. A dictionary is mm-hmm. not a good gift, Minkus. <laughs> not everyone good is Lord. as big as a dweeb as yeah. you are. Well, and so let's backtrack again to the actual conversation that we were just talking about before we got in our little soapbox. Okay. Yes. So uh, Corey steps in. After Sean's left, he for he gives over his five dollars, decides to play the gallant hero and say, Hey, look, I'm the deadbeat. I'm the reason Sean doesn't have the money, and here's his five dollars. The five dollars he was gonna spend on the gift for his gift. That he's been saving up an entire month for. Yeah. So his five dollars will now he's already tried to give Sean the basketball, which Sean throws back in his mm-hmm. face. He's been saving up a month for the net for it, and now that's going to go out the door because he doesn't have $5 to Mm -hmm. buy the net anymore. But he does this because he loves his friend, and he wants to do something for him so that he can help his friend avoid being ostracized by the entire sixth grade class. Mm -hmm. So in class, Minkus presents the gift to Mr. Feeney, this cunning bibliophile. Suck up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you see Mr. Feeney as he goes through. We just mentioned he reads through and he sees especially Sean's name. Sean is genuinely surprised. Mm -hmm. He thought Minkus maybe did something nice for him. Yeah. And uh, fun note, as you uh, see Corey leaving the room. Nobody heard that. You can actually see the boom mic above him if you go back and look. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody heard that. So out in the hallway, Minkus blows Corey's cover and fills Sean in. And Mm -hmm. Sean's really surprised. But he wishes Minkus a Merry Christmas, which apparently means a lot to Minkus. Yeah, I I think it's just that a genuine moment between the two of them. Mm -hmm. I would agree. They're not trying to mess with each other. They're not trying to say anything hurtful. It's just, hey, you know, hope you have a good break. It's a genuine, a genuine moment. Mm -hmm. They're both just being humans. And so we're back at the Matthews household. Sean brings what's potentially actual nylon net to Corey. I will say real quick, he says we were cleaning out the garage and I found this. That's right. I glossed over that. So Sean apparently has a backyard and a garage. I don't think it's going to last very long. I don't think so either. Because more often than not, you're maybe, cleaning. Maybe it's a communal garage. Maybe, or it's it's time for them to move back to the trailer park. That might be why they went to the trailer park. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, Sean re-accepts Corey's gift because, you know... He gave it to him, and, you know, every time he misses a pass, he's just going to take his gift. (laughs) (laughs) They they kind of make it so subtly that Corey is not the most athletic person. He's not. All those errors in Little League last year, misses a pass in basketball, they they do their, I'm going to steal the ball from you, I'm going to steal it from you. You you duck one pass one time, and everyone gives you crap for it forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
All is well between Sean and Corey. They run through the house, dribbling the ball. No ball in the house. That's okay. It's not my ball. Uh, Amy and Morgan are at the piano playing. Amy gives Sean some cookies to cake, take home to his family. And what's probably the one sentence above all else that makes this uh, cult uh, favorite is when Sean or Corey asks Sean if if they're okay. Okay, and I got friends I can get through everything. And I'd say that's that's a very true statement. Mm-hmm. And then there's a knock at the back door, and not that I want to gloss over Sean's. Uh, uh, thoughts, but you know they they kind of speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's a knock at the back door, and that's where we will. Oh, um, wow! Somebody's at the back door. Well, I wonder who that could be at the back door. I have no clue. <laughs> I forgot my line. <gasps> oh yeah, maybe Morgan should go get the back door. I think you're going to want to answer this one. It's Santa! (laughs) Look, everybody, he's alive! Well, aren't you going to let him in? Hello, Morgan. (laughs) I am Santa. And I've just returned from the North Pole, where I was just resting. Santa, are you feeling better? Oh, yes, my dear. As it turns out, Mrs. Claus merely undercooked my figgy pudding. (laughs) I'm going to get the camera. Well, now, little Morgan, tell Santa what you want for Christmas. Good grades for your big brother. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Okay, everybody, gather around for a picture. Santa in the middle. Mommy, why does Santa look like Mr. Feeny? Oh, yes. So before we get to the tag, I think this is what I appreciate about Mr. Feeney is that he's willing to kind of humiliate himself and just willing to be a part of their family. Mm -hmm. So he's just quite wonderful. Yeah, he's not just teacher. He's not just neighbor. He's... He really is a part of the family yeah. here. And it's a nice way to help Morgan exactly. out, uh, too. And you can tell he cares not just about Corey and his life, but the whole family. He is invested. Yes. Good grades for your big brother. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we end the tag. We end the episode with a tag of Morgan and Amy playing Jingle Bells on the piano. And, of course, Corey taught Morgan Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. And that's how we end Santa's Little Helper. Yes. Is this the version of Jingle Bells or Batman Smells that you knew as a kid? Um, Pretty close, yeah. yeah. Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Leg, an Egg, Batmobile, Lost a Wheel, Joker Got yep, Away. That's how I always knew it. Now, my yeah. wife, she claims that it was Joker Took Ballet. And I'm like, I don't know where you heard that from, but you're wrong. <laughs> I have heard that version, but it's not one I ever sang growing yeah. up. Must be a regional thing. Could be. Or, you know, something that true fans of the comics never sang. Probably. (laughs) So anyway, Tyler, uh, what lesson did you happen to learn from Mr. Feeney this week? The word I think that at points is missing throughout this episode, but we do really get it at the end, is just giving people grace and just giving them a break and, and not making a case out of everything. Morgan didn't mean to hurt the Santa. Had nothing really to do with her. She was just there. Corey meant well. It just wasn't done well. And Sean just, you know, was hurting during this time period. So just, I think, just the willingness to give grace, especially in the holiday season, because, you know, everyone's doing their best. Everybody's trying. It just doesn't always come across the right way. Mm -hmm. What'd you learn? Well... I learned that if you're a real butthead, the neat ghosts will take you to cool places. 
Very nice. <laughs> no, um, honestly, I I can't. Uh, I I don't think I can do better, than Mr. Feeney. That gifts are real. Gifts are those that are given without expectation. Yep. That it's very easy to slip into wanting to give someone something or do something for someone and hoping for something in return. But uh, a real gift is an as an act of service of, of some sort to someone else where you're not hoping to get something else in return, whether it's Sean or Corey giving Sean the $5 and the ability to not be humiliated or Mr. Feeney giving 15 minutes of his evening to pretend to be Santa for Morgan to help her fragile state. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that one of the most appreciated gifts that I was ever able to give someone was to my sister it was christmas eve and we were going to be driving to florida the next day so we weren't going to be in town a whole lot and she just said to me before going to bed she goes i just want there to be a snowman outside when i wake up that's all i want for christmas and i said okay well maybe santa can do that when he comes i hope so and so i went out <laughs> It was not the right snow for a snowman, but I painstakingly made a snowman. It's the worst snowman I've ever made. But when she woke up, just the biggest smile on her face. And even to this day, every now and then she'll say, remember when you made my snowman? I'll go, yeah, yeah, I do. She goes, you love me. That sums up everything. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. What about grades? So what kind of a oh. yeah, what kind of a grade would you give this episode? This cult classic. You are worth every inch of that C plus I gave you in math. Oh yeah. Uh, this is the point that I think I should drop my soapbox and then I'll give you my grade officially. Alright, step up on that soapbox. This is <laughs> this is supposed to be December. Right before Christmas in the 90s. Now, I clearly would not have a memory of 93 Christmas because I would have been almost one uh, Christmas without some sort of snow, even if it's just a little bit. There was there was consistent snow in all of Pennsylvania in (laughs) the 90s right before Christmas. I firmly remember as a kid being in really deep, high snow. I understand that weather where I come from is different than all of Pennsylvania. But I lived in Pittsburgh for several years, and there was still snow. And even if it wasn't snowing, it was still really flipping cold. So the fact that young Corey (laughs) and young Sean are outside in hoodies and no hats, I call Belogana. There's no way, and there's not even anything from Amy or Alan going, put on a hat. I could see Corey and Sean going outside without those things on, because that's what kids do, but they would get yelled at and get in trouble for being out there without some form of a hat or anything, and where is the snow? Where is it? I don't see it. Where is it? It's December. Where's the snow? Now, I get it. They want it to be any town, USA, any uh, suburb, but you're in Pennsylvania. Bring the snow. So with that said, I would have to probably give this episode a B minus. Because even though I'm really, 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 really bothered by the snow and the weather stuff, the actual storyline with Sean and Corey and, and the way things go with Minkus and and what Feeney's trying to teach Corey and what his dad's trying to help him with, the stuff with Morgan, it's all real good stuff. They're a cohesive family unit. It's a really good episode. And the story's... They really do intertwine this episode, I thought, really well. You know, Corey has this overarching story, and there's a small story that comes through, but it's a really good episode. There's just some things I can't forgive, so I have to go B minus, almost, you know, C, C plus level, like right, just barely on the cusp of a. It's a weak B minus, okay? <laughs> Mm-hmm. What would you give a grade? Uh, grade? Well, <clears throat> before I give my grade, 
I don't know what a, it's not really a soapbox, but just giving you some uh, information for your soapbox. Because in the uh, in March of 1993, Philadelphia had one of its worst blizzards after several 70 degree days in February of that year, where a foot of snow was dumped on Philadelphia. Up to that point, the largest snowfall in a 24-hour period in the city's recorded history, causing between six and eleven billion dollars in damage on the entire east coast wow in december of 1993 according to the uh, record keeping at the philadelphia national airport between december uh 8th and 29th there's only seven days that had any precipitation and only one of those actually got over half an inch so actually it was a pretty dry december that year Probably because it all came in March. <laughs> you can have a dry month because when I lived in Pittsburgh, there were times where we would have no no snowfall. But there was still evidence <laughs> that there was snowfall. And also, it was so flipping cold. Like, I legit, like, I grew up in an area where I would see snow. I'd put a coat on. I'd go out. I when I go to class in Pittsburgh, I go, oh, there's no snow on the ground. It's clearly a beautiful, warm day. And I'd walk out my dorm and I go, yeah, it's so cold. Ah, that's because you didn't dress in layers like they did in 1993. Yes, my T-shirt uh, vest. I didn't do that in my double hoodie. And hoodie combo. Yeah. My uh, my jean hoodie on top. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, like I said, not a, not a uh, soapbox. Just sharing your information with you about 1993's weather. All right, fine. <laughs> I'll give you a C minus. It's a C plus then. <laughs> I think you actually dropped it. Is, it. <laughs> it's a B minus still. I'm sticking with B minus. <laughs> okay. I gave uh, Santa's little helper a B. The message is good. The story is good. I was really put off by Minkus and the uh, demon child elf. Yeah. But uh, overall, it's one that I'll watch every year on Christmas time. Hey, bada big, bada boom, it's a good episode. Coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> so, uh, before I get to my dad joke, special listeners, we got a special announcement for you. We do. Did I just say special listeners? We got a special announcement. All the listeners are special. All listeners are special to us. In two weeks, we have a special episode that'll be coming out. We have a very special episode coming. I'm so excited for this episode to come out. That's right. How much do we want to tell them about this special episode? I think we should leave this this episode as a, hey, special episode coming up in two weeks. Come back next week and we'll give you just a little bit more information. Ah, reeling back in. But hey, mark your calendars in two weeks. Special episode time. Yeah, very special episode. So Tyler, I've got a dad joke for you. and uh, Hit me. It, it keeps in the holiday spirit. All right. What is Santa's favorite place to deliver presents? Hmm. I don't know. Idaho, ho, ho. <laughs> That's a good one. So you can find us, the Dad's Meat World podcast, online. Find us on all our social accounts at Dad's Meat World, and you can email us at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com. Tyler, where can we find you online? Uh, you can always find me on our all of our social medias. If you talk to us, I'll talk back to you on those. But uh, if you want to just talk to me directly, uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Tyler Volk. And you can find me online, uh, Twitter and Instagram both. My handle is at head... F nope, not head first. At Dr. Headley Art. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and hey, don't forget... Follow our uh, follow our show uh, accounts, and uh, we've been putting up our grades, so uh, you can put up your grades as well, and leave us a, a yeah. fun little review on our wherever you get your podcast, so other people can find us. Exactly, that's right. So until next time, good looking, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, good looking. You can find.
Find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Sure, I got the right clip here. Well, Morgan was waiting in line to sit. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> yes, can we take a small break real quick? I oh, have yes, a hungry may. cat yeah. that has to get fed <laughs> right now, or he's gonna put his butt on my microphone again. So, you go feed the cat. <laughs> Give me two seconds. If you would like to talk and do whatever you'd like to for a few for a minute, feel free to. <laughs> Don't you love me? Oh no, you go ahead. I'll wait till you get back. Oh, God.